It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. Something different today, a special edition focused on a type of financing that's tech-adjacent in that it's been used to finance the IPOs of tech-related companies, but certainly it isn't limited exactly to tech. The financial instrument in question is called a SPAC, which is short for a Special Purpose Acquisition Company, and it's been used to finance a number of companies that have recently gone bankrupt, including the electric scooter company Bird Global Inc. and electric car companies Proterra and Lordstown Motors. Now the federal government is stepping in, at least to a limited extent, by issuing some new rules through the Securities and Exchange Commission that are aimed at providing investors with more information that could protect them from pouring their money into ventures that ultimately implode. To find out more, I talked to Kent State University finance professor David Pellick, who explains that financial schemes, scams, and swindles promising the moon but delivering losses are nothing new, with documented examples going back hundreds of years. I don't know if you remember the South Sea Islands scheme. It's like this guy who was friends with the French king said, hey, listen, we have all these plantations in the Caribbean. And they're doing great. And if you invest now, you can get in on the ground floor of these plantations. You could talk to Count, you know, Monet. He just bought a 13% stake, but I'm getting you an even better deal. Than, I'm going to give you 5% of the company for only a million francs. And then all the people owned all these shares. And then they're like, gosh, we're running out of shares. And so then people were trading the shares with each other and the shares went up in value because there wasn't enough of them. And everyone wanted to get in on that island thing. And guess what? There was nothing behind it. <laughs> and the guy left town and the French government almost fell because of because he was friends with the king. So it is an age old, it's probably thousands of year old scam. Hey, invest with me. This is going to be great. And wow, you're up 20%. And then people start trading the shares with each other. And then they go even up more and then more people get invested. And then it turns out eventually you find out back by nothing. And then everyone lost money. So therefore, the SEC has rules that you can't just go and start issuing shares if I want to. I need to register with the SEC. I need to follow certain rules. I need to make disclosures, audited financial statements. I need to have quarterly financial statements with an annual audit. I need to disclose all the bad things that are, you know, any lawsuits. I have to spend a lot of money to make sure that the marketplace knows enough about my company in order for the SEC to allow me to have my shares listed on the stock exchange. Because once your shares get listed on the stock exchange, then people can start gabbing, uh, you know, buying your stock and then the price can go up or down. And people have to know that the company that issued those shares is legit and there's a real company there. And so when you start a company, right, you and I start a tech company and we put our money in and we get some investors maybe, but, you know, private investors, you know, our friends and family, and then we grow it and we're like, boy, this company is great. Wouldn't it be great if we could cash out some of our investment now? We could sell some of our ownership of this company. And if we did it on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, that means lots and lots of people could buy it, which means the value of the company could go way up. So let's go ahead and register and sell our shares to the public, have them trade in the public market, and we'll be rich. 
And then the SEC comes in and says, okay, you just have to follow all of these rules. And we need to disclose how much money. Well, we didn't make a lot of money. Also, your forecasts say you're going to increase your sales 100% a year. That would put you at $38 trillion in five years, in 10 years. You can't say that either. So your forward-looking statements have to be based on something and are strictly limited. So a lot of tech companies, they didn't have any revenue, really. They just had a lot of eyeballs, but no revenue. Lots of people using the website, but not making any money. No one's really going to invest in our company if they know that we really don't have any assets or any money other than lots of people look at our website. So like in 2020, 21, the stock market was really bubbly. And that is sort of when SPACs took off. So like in 2020, there was 248 SPACs in 2020. And then in 2021, there was 613 SPACs. And what these SPACs were is a special purpose acquisition company. And basically there would be a sponsor and the sponsor would typically be famous people or really successful people in a certain field. And these people are going to raise capital from investors. They're going to publicly list these shares, which would trade on the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ. And they are going to use the proceeds to acquire a company, a tech company with a lot of growth. And these people are the, the sponsors are famous or really well-connected or super smart. And so they're going to find the perfect company to acquire. Sometimes there's like a hint of the company they're going to acquire. Sometimes there isn't, right? And then they have a limited time frame to spend some money, spend that money and see if they can find a company to acquire. And when they acquire that company, that company then is effectively public because the SPAC itself is a publicly listed company. So they were using that to get around the disclosure rules because if that company they're acquiring had to do it publicly, Although when that stuff is disclosed, they might have a hard time selling the shares like because they never made any money and they burn lots of cash. However, it's thought that these sponsors are so brilliant, maybe they can see they're smart enough to not need the protections that you know a retail investor, you know, mom and pop would need. And so therefore, it was sort of a clever way to get around it. And also remember 20 and 20, 2020 and 2021. The Fed was really easing cash, right? They were printing a lot of money. There's a lot of cash floating around. You know, especially in 2020, they really hit the printing presses hard because of COVID. And so with all this money, it's looking for a home. And SPACs became a home for a lot of this money. Junk bonds, Bitcoin, all this, all this, all equities, house prices, right? Crazy, right? And apartment buildings, like anything you could buy went up in value. Let me ask you this. Let me interject here. So to me, it sounds like, okay, you got a box and and it's wrapped really pretty, right? And the pretty wrap on the outside with the big bow is somebody famous, you know, like, like, like a, like a prince or, you know, or Donald Trump or somebody who's like hugely famous. And, and he's telling you, I have here this box. And this box contains something wonderful and you really need to invest. Sometimes what's in well, the box isn't all box. that legit, right? Well, here's the thing. There's nothing in the box, but there's a picture of a box we might buy. <laughs> That's even worse. And we are okay. the smartest people in the world and we're going to buy. For example, Donald Trump okay. is doing a SPAC right now. And the SPAC is called Digital World Entertainment. 
And that SPAC, they announced, is going to acquire Truth Social, which is Donald Trump's social media platform. Right. So the SPAC was sort of used as an end around to the SEC's rules on disclosure when you're doing an initial public offering or an IPO. Right. And so the SEC finally came out and they, well, I mean, SPACs are all but dead. Like in, um, you know, 2021, they did like over 600. 2022, there was only 86. And last year, there was only 31. Oh, okay. And right? so why are yeah, they, because, that's what I'm getting to. Like, why are they kind of dead now? Or at least oh, because dropping of, in popularity. Because Fed started tightening up on their, on the money supply, you know, quantitative tightening. So the Fed has been tightening, you know, i.e. raising rates. The markets have been volatile, although they did okay last year, but it was sort of a choppy ride. Inflation has been pretty bad. And also a lot of these SPACs have had a hard time finding companies to acquire. And some of them have had to be dissolved. Just remember when a SPAC is issued, it's a stock that can trade up and down in value. So even though they don't have the box yet, people say, wow, I really want to be in on this deal and they could bid the shares up in the market, even though the company hasn't found a company to acquire. So when they find a company to acquire, it's called a D-SPAC, D-SPAC. So that is the company has found a company and now it's going to do a merger and it's going to acquire this company, which is a private company, which means the shares are owned by the people who built the company typically, or some private investors in the company, not public investors. And then once it's acquired by the SPAC, it now becomes a public company, effectively. So the one that's going to acquire Donald Trump's Truth Social is called Digital World Acquisition Corp, DWAC. It issued it like just under 10, about 10 bucks a share. Back in 2022, at some point traded it up to like 100 a share. Like the maximum was like close to $100 a share. But then in 2023, it sort of collapsed. And then as of like last year, late last year, it was trading for about $15 a share. So still up 50%. But now they're, they announced they're going to acquire Truth Social. And now the stock's back up to $42. Uh, it was actually got up to $50. But then the SEC came out and said, okay, wait a second. We thought that these SPACs were pretty much dead anyway, but we're just going to issue some new rules. And here are the new rules. If you do a SPAC, you need to make more disclosure of who's getting paid what and how. You also, if that SPAC acquires a company, it needs to give disclosure to that company as if that company was going public on its own and therefore making it much harder to acquire that tech company that sort of had some things that it needed to disclose, which would make it hard to go public. So they sort of have tightened the rules to make it harder to go public. And that may or may not be correlated to announcement of the digital world acquisition company that is going to go public with Truth Social. Hmm. There may or may not be a correlation there, although the timing is sort of uncanny. You know, getting back to these SPACs, um, what I had read about was there was some pretty notable examples of companies that got started and then they got into a SPAC and then they just went belly up. Like, for example, WeWork, they talked about that, which seemed like it was a pretty cool concept. And then and then the pandemic hit and nobody wanted to be all together anymore. Well, WeWork was a catastrophe. Uh, and it was also during the time of the easy money. 
right? So when you have time with the easy money, then the ability to fund dreams and hopes gets very easy. And so we work, when you look at it as a concept, you're like, that is not a smart idea. So basically they would go into the, the, the biggest business cities in the world, London, New York, uh, Los Angeles, all over the world. And they would go into the prime office space and they would sign a 10 or 20 year lease on that space. And then they would rent that out to tech companies with three month leases or one month leases or one year leases. So everything is good. That's a great business because you can charge them a little bit more rent because you're only doing a three month lease because a tech company can't, there's no way they could sign a five or 10 year lease. So you solve the problem for them. They get a three month lease. You get a, a higher rent than you would normally charge. And that's great. And you make a profit. Only problem is if the economy turns, you can find yourself with a bunch of vacant space and a 10 year lease that you owe on. <laughs> in the most expensive point, cities in the world, right? In the most expensive, highest rent possible that you put a lot of money in to make it look great. You could have massive exposure, like say COVID-19 hit and people don't go to offices anymore. Right. So we work, uh, was at one point worth $26 billion dollars. And then it's it was then it went bankrupt. It was worth negative billions, and they kept putting money into it. It's uh, ten cents. The shares are ten cents a share. Oh, wow. If you're interested, oh yeah. If I, if I, I really unless they're going to reorganize and make a killing after they reorganize out of bankruptcy, I don't think I. Oh, really want to? Well, when they reorganize, the shares will be worth zero. Oh, and and the people who lent the money will get the the will now own the company. So I guess it they went, they did go public on November 6, 2020 for $392 a share. So if you paid $392 a share, you'd be sort of unhappy. Because it's uh, worth 10 cents a share now? Thing. Right. Yeah. 10 cents, yeah. Yeah. The so, guy, Adam Newman, who started it, uh, when they fired him for doing this absolute catastrophe, they had to pay him a billion dollars in cash to leave. Nice. Wow, the next so time I screw up at work, I'm going to ask them to pay me a billion dollars. Yeah, they're like, you're fired. The like, okay, uh, one billion, please. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> ever paid me any money to to leave before. They just said bye. But um, <laughs> so so if you had to, you know, you were talking to people about investments in general, and you were talking, and they said, hey, you know, this SPAC thing. You know, do you think it's a good idea? Does it have any upside? Is it going to come back? Do you think the regulatory framework is going to be positive? What, what would you say? I think the SEC ruling uh, put the nail in the coffin. So if there's no benefit now to going public through a SPAC. So there's no point in doing a SPAC. Okay. They thought okay. it was all but dead and they just want to make sure I think it is dead. Which is their job, and they're and they are right to do that. I I think. You know, it's interesting that you kind of started out the conversation talking about kind of this age old scam with the the French king and the Caribbean and so forth. Because kind of what this article that inspired me to talk to you was talking about is that you know there's always something new on, on Wall Street that they say, hey, this is the greatest thing since sliced cheese. You got to get in on it, and then eventually we find out, huh you know, it wasn't so great. And kind of their comment was, you know, the SEC shouldn't 
should have known about this before and they should have acted quicker. And it's kind of like they closed the barn door after the horses were already out. Yes. So keep in mind that the SEC, for a while, a lot of people were making a lot of money from doing SPACs. And the SEC, because of their relationship with banks and investment banks and the markets, have to move more slowly sometimes. And I think a lot of times they hope that the market takes care of it for them. And given the rules that were in place at the time, technically what they were doing was technically legal. It's just because they did it in a new structure that people didn't really think about. All of a sudden that became legit and took off. But then I think gravity took care of the rest because most of these entities did not make money. Most of them lost money. Hmm. You know, that's kind of an interesting observation, but it makes sense because, you know, the federal government often has to walk that line between they know they're going to get a lot of criticism if they come on too heavy, you know, and, right. and, and they are trying to promote free markets. But at the same time, people who don't want to lose money also want them to be a little bit more heavy handed. So it's that fine line between the two, right? Correct. And in fact, the SEC goes to pains to not endorse or unendorse any particular product. They're just trying to maintain the rules that keep a fair and balanced playing field. And so they need, in order to do that, they need to be deliberate in what they do. And so they don't want to come out and say, these investments are crappy, right? Because that's not their place. But what they have done is like, They've done, hey, these investments now need to follow these rules if they are going to be done to make sure that investors have a fair chance. Okay. So, well, that makes that makes sense to me. I just found it like really interesting. I had heard about these and and I knew a little bit about them, but I was a little hazy on it. And now that you're explaining it to me, to me, it sounds kind of like a variation of what happened when the housing bubble happened, right? It's like people yeah, gathered yeah. all these all these uh, mortgages together and put them in a big package and sold them. But a lot of the mortgages that were in there were worthless. It'd be like making a pillow and most of it was straw and there was a couple of feathers in it, you know? And it wouldn't, right. you know, very it would exactly. look like a pillow, but it wouldn't really, you know, be very comfortable, so. Correct. Or, yeah, it looks really comfortable until you try to go, to, you know, take a nap. <laughs> yeah. And then when you go to take a nap, you realize, wait a second, that's not a pillow. <laughs> that's not actually a pillow. Yeah. Okay. So, well, so as we wrap up then, is there anything that kind of any summary you'd like to make in terms of SPACs and their impact on the market and on investors and what we should look forward to then in the future on that? I think that SPACs were a uh, item of fashion. I think the new SEC rules sort of tighten a lot of loopholes and slack in the system to get them done. And I think they will thus fade away in relevance to the market discussions. That was Kent State University finance professor David Pellick. And I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy. And we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Gene Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.